Welcome back to Bang Bang Cults. Today we're going to talk about sex cults. Sex cults. Yeah. Yay. So if you don't like sex, sorry, not sorry. Yeah. It's going to get rough. It's probably going to be pretty rough. So if you're sensitive, we'll see you at the next one. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> First, I would like to actually thank everyone who has listened and rated us. Yeah. Because you guys are freaking awesome. So thanks. We and appreciate you. Where's the quarter? Quarter is right here. You want to flip? I'll let you flip. Because <laughs> you got first last time. <laughs> oh, I don't care. Okay. We'll flip um, off the flipping. <laughs> I guess. Wait, what do you want to be? I'll let you I'm pick. Tails. You're, you're going to be Tails? I don't remember what I we did last time. It's been a while since it we've done this. It has been. And it's Tails. It's Tails. And it looks like I'm going first. All right. Well, I'm sit back and relax and get comfy. You do you, girl. Okay. So today I'm going to discuss the Church of the Most High Goddess. The church was founded in Los Angeles in 1984 by Mary Ellen and Wilbur Tracy. Both Mary, Wilbur, and their seven children, seven, were devout Mormons until one spring day in 1984, both Wilbur and Mary had a revelation. Ooh. Dun, dun, dun. Nothing good comes from a revelation. It never does, but they always start like this. So Mary Ellen states that on April 24th, 1984, I had a revelation that changed my life. And the way I perceived the world and others, however, because I was blinded by the ignorance of the modern education, which I foolishly accepted as knowledge, I did not immediately understand the full impact of the revelation. I failed to understand that the mind can perceive only what the mind can conceive. What I experienced was beyond my conception, while my perception was completely distorted by what I had been taught was enlightenment. It was only when I set aside my prejudices, I can never say that word, <laughs> those beliefs which I had been conditioned to accept as fact, but which were in fact false, that I began to understand the experience. So she doesn't really understand what the revelation was, but just that she now understands the experience. Oh, interesting. Yeah. The revelation was that she needs to have a revelation. The revelation, yes. She just had a revelation that she needs to... You know, so Will also had a, his own revelation. In fact, on the very same day, he says it was a brilliant light as though knowledge was being poured in without voice. Will then said a godlike figure appeared in their home. He was an old man with long white hair, a white beard and a muscular and youthful body. All right. So it was just like old up top, but like hot on the bottom <laughs> or like a modern day hipster lumberjack. Totally, but like with gray hair. Yeah, well, but that's like the also fad. that is like the gray. Yeah, so modern day hipster appeared in his oh time traveling hipster. They both had this revelation on this day, and they decided to question the LDS and the church's practices. And Mary was asking, why is it fair for men to have extramarital sex, aka polygamy, when men were or when women are allowed to enjoy the same experiences? She has a valid argument. No, it's totally true. Like, why can men just be like, right? Over here, over here. But women are like, okay. <laughs> so obviously the church didn't approve of their questioning or their ideas. And the couple was excommunicated from the church. Following Mary Ellen's insight about polyandry, they began to research the history of sexuality and spirituality and soon decided to create their own church. Hey, at least they did their research. They did their research. I'm proud of them. And during this time, so we're, you know, in the 80s, it's like after the 70s, where the, the goddess revival was coming back, like, 
yeah. women, flower, you know, like the sexual sexual orientation was, you know, picking up steam. So they decided that this was the purest form of religion. So in the goddess spirituality, the female deity is worship and sexuality is a sacrament. So they decided to use this and also to revive the ancient Egyptian cult of Isis. All right. Who was a female goddess from the Egyptian time. So they chose to to follow. And of course, Mary Ellen was to be their priestess. She took on the sacred name, sacred name of Sabrina Asset or Sabrina Asset, like mm-hmm. like she's A-S-E. an asset. Yep. So we'll just call her from Sabrina or Mary from here on out. Like Sabrina the teenage. I know, right? Like <laughs> this is the weirdest but now choice it's like of name. The new Sabrina, like the dark Sabrina. Right. So like the new Sabrina, not like. Was she dark though? She's not dark. She's just no. This one. This one's not dark. No. She's just the new Sabrina is. I know the that. new Sabrina is. Dark. It's great. It's I yeah. Uh, it's highly recommend if no one if you haven't. I know. It. I'm like it's a little late in the game, but like <laughs> you should get on that train. Yeah, get on it. Get on it. Even if you're like ten stops too late, but like get on there. But not the Sabrina asset, or maybe I don't know what her game is yet. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I guess you know to each their own. Well, yeah, to each their own. So, in 1987, they formed the Church of the Most High Goddess. They rented a four-bedroom house in Santa Monica, and they decorated it with Egyptian symbols and naked portraits of Sabrina, and began to spread their new knowledge. Of course, it happened in frickin' Santa Monica. It makes so much more sense. So much sense. (laughs) And he was, like, once was, like, a folklore singer, and then, like, a songwriter, a director and then he was like in uh real estate so it all makes sense it fits yeah all fits hippy dippy real estate director couple yeah santa monica yeah so the couple began to advertise in the hollywood express which is just a weekly tabloid so they're obviously great content on there yeah like the penny saver yes basically or like <laughs> as, what's the inquirer yeah like, the inquirer inquirer like bigfoot's real but hey, maybe. maybe 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 but, <laughs> but you know those types <laughs> okay yes so uh and in it sabrina actually had a regular column in her column she expri- explained the church's beliefs about sacred sexuality and promised hedonistic religious rituals to be to the interest parties interested parties excuse me and the ads featured nude photos of the priestess Ooh, yeah so if you want to look up sabrina you can actually see them all right yeah and also during this time ari ellen actually also had a public talk show where she also began to promote the church and she discussed subjects ranging from religious freedom to gender changing and occasionally dance on camera in nothing but an Egyptian-style jewelry. Which I All don't, right. I don't um, understand how this, like, flew during this time. Because it's, like, the 80s when it's, like, super PG. But just, like, she's It's auntie. also L.A. It's also, it's, uh, that's a good point. It's also, like, Santa Monica, like, L.A., yeah. like, hippie. Clearly it hasn't changed much. That's true. But I just, I, like, can you imagine being a kid and being like, oh, mommy, like, what is this lady? But yes, so that's that's what's going on with her, and uh, it actually worked. So they actually started getting. Oh, that makes sense. I mean, oh, it makes sex sense. Cells, right? It, oh, and the, and this is some sex. It, it goes there. <laughs> she got hers evidently. 
So prospective church initiates were invited to the temple and had to go through quite the ordeal to join. One new perspective went on to explain. There are four parts to the ritual. Confession, dedication, sacrifice, and purification or negation. Confession is much like you'd expect confession to be, and sup- the supplicant, or like the initiate, is expected to make restitution in such cases as is possible before continuing with the ritual. Once the confession has been performed, the dedication ritual takes place, and this ritual is performed by both women and men. The dedication stimulates the simulates the birth position of the supplicant who places his or her head between the legs of the priestess and they are required to perform perform all right to perform (laughs) to perform yes between the legs we'll just put it there (laughs) (laughs) you all got that right yeah you understand Having completed successfully the confession and the dedication stages, the so she actually got hers. She actually got hers. Yes. Oh, she. Oh, I'll go on. Go continue. (laughs) The supplicant is then asked to make a sacrifice, which is usually considered to be about ten percent of their time or worth. And once the sacrifice is made, the male supplicant then proceeds the purification or the negation section of the ritual which consists of vaginal intercourse with the priestess. And the explanation for this is that the Egyptian word for semen is pronounced negation, which means the essence of man. And in order for the male supplicant to cleanse himself and prepare himself for godhood in the afterworld, he must be willing to give up his essence to the personification of the goddess or the priestess. Interesting. So anytime a guy's having sex, he's ready for the afterworld. Or anytime he comes, obviously. Evidently. Yes. All right. So it's a purification process. Detox. (laughs) (laughs) And according to Lady Sabrina, women supplicants undergo the same stages, yet the process is different, preparing the woman to become a goddess in the afterworld. Qualification for initiates involves religious instructions and an assessment for the readiness to undergo the rites. And I did read somewhere that to become a priestess, the woman must have sex with over 100 men. Wow. All right. Yes. Yes. So, so the men had to sleep with the priestesses, but the women didn't sleep with anyone until they were Well, they had to perform. And yeah. And then I think it, they assess them if they need oh. to be worthy. You're right. If like Wilbur can, I guess, help take care of them. Help prepare them for the afterlife. Again, this is like they've created their own like. Yeah. Basically, I think Wilbur was just like, I can't perform. And she's like, well, I want to have sex. And then they created a religion around it to make it. To make it work. Normal. And they made it work. Good for them. And so Mary Ellen continued to appear in local advertisements and on TV. She was even on the Montel Williams show promoting their new religion in one interview mary ellen or sabrina claimed to be the 537th high priestess in line to in line to like be the number one goddess and going all the way back to 3200 bc okay because i was gonna say this is a religion she created (laughs) she created but she's like her religion but like the goddesses 
Yeah. Ties into like Egyptian religion and Right. So they like in like took like polygamy yeah. and took like the goddess religions and like kind of just formed their own. All right. But to put it in perspective, Cleopatra was number 469 in line. And she was number 537. Yes. So she thought a Man, lot of people. she herself. really had a list. She, she yeah. <laughs> Who was number one? Right? I would love to know. Like, Cleopatra's 469. Virgin Mary. Oh, Virgin Mary. It's gotta Mary. be a Virgin Mary. Because, like, she, <laughs> yes. Yep. That's a good one. <laughs> or maybe, uh, who's the other one? Mary... Magdalena or Mary Magdalene Mary Magdalene she could be up there too maybe Mm. maybe who else who could be number one if you have ideas let us know because I don't think uh Sabrina Asset is gonna tell us I don't think so either or Cleopatra (laughs) or Cleopatra I don't think she knows who the number one (laughs) goddess on this list was she may not know okay and then another interview Oh, or would it be Isis? Because that's who they... It would be Isis. But then, yes, it would be Isis. So I guess we're looking for number two. Who's okay. number two? All right. All right. We'll keep moving on. on. We'll make a list <laughs> one day. So she goes on in another interview. And this is a lot. So like we said, she definitely... She got it. She got what she wanted. She says, In my calling as a priestess... I have sex with men of all sizes, shapes, colors, backgrounds, professions, an infinite variety every day, several times a day, and even more often would be better. To date, I've had vaginal sex with over 2,779 different men. What? Oral sex with over 4,000 different men. And being bisexual, I've eaten a couple of hundred women. Say, <laughs> and since I'm a very sexual person, I've had sex not just in the religious rituals, but in a wide variety of places. In addition to the usual bedrooms, sofas, chairs, and back and front seats of cars, like doctors' examination tables, college professors' offices, faculty lounges, dormitories, showers, swimming pools, jacuzzis, beaches, woods, tents, campers, business offices, back rooms of stores warehouses, restrooms, government offices, parking lots, trucks, elevators, on and on the hoods of cars. And in adult films. Of course in adult films. Of course. Of course. But I just love that, like, that's the end. And I love that she also, like, was in an interview and was like, let me just think of every place I've ever yeah, done it. all the weird places. So, like, yeah. Good for you. Uh, that's a lot of freaking people, though. I don't think I know that many people. I don't either. Like... 2,779. I definitely don't know 2,000 people. <laughs> no. Like I said, I like know like that 20. Personally. Yeah, I know no. 20 people. That's yeah. That's it. She goes on to say, I've even sucked cocks through the open window of my car and through a hole in a wall. Why? No, Why? I hadn't met the men before. Men hit on me everywhere I go, and I'm not one to pass up an opportunity to enjoy myself sexually. How many STDs did she have? Right? Like... <laughs> Do you think this is why she went bananas? Because she, like, had the gonorrhea and was, like, going a little crazy. Or the syphilis. And, like, that's why her her husband saw, you know, Jesus come to his door with, like, a hot bod. Yeah, hipster Jesus. Hipster Jesus. She's I like, don't know. It all Maybe. makes sense. Maybe. And, a little and, I mean, you have to sleep with 100 people to become a priestess. So, did she already sleep with 100 people before she created She's this religion? Like, prepared for it. Or did she just skip the line? 
She probably, I don't know. But, I mean, I guess it maybe because, like, she, she came from through like, Mormon religion and they were so, like, pent up, like, didn't get to have sex. She had a lot of pent up sexuality. She had a lot of pent up-ness that she needed to let out. Pent And she let it out. <laughs> All over the place. <laughs> yes, as she said. Warehouses, restrooms, government offices. All right. All galore. And after numerous interviews and advertisements, the police obviously caught on to the prostitution ring because clearly she's asking men to, you know, pay her to give them head because it's part of the initiation. So in April of 1989, an undercover officer visited the temple where he where Sabrina solicited him for oral sex in exchange for the $150 initiation fee. Clearly, he refused to pay and was asked to leave. And officers then stormed the temple, charged Mary Ellen with prostitution, and Will with pimping. They were convicted of the charges and sentenced to a year and a half in jail. And once she got out, she continued her cable TV show, and again appeared on the Phil Donahue and Montel Williams show and continued to discuss her goddess-oriented sacred prostitution and defended the practice. And then, of course, starred in two adult films, Club Head 2 and Positively Pagan 6. Positively Pagan 6. There's also, it's number 6, which is... <laughs> That's kind of amazing. Like, not, not one, two, like six. Six. Positively, positively pagan six. six. I wonder how many there are now. Is it like oh, the like a... now music CDs? <laughs> like positively of them? like one hundred and one. Well, I'm sorry they didn't do like yeah like sixty nine. I don't know. Just yeah, right. Ra- random sexual numbers. You'd think. But Come on, porn. You got to be more clever. Than but that. again, this is like the '80s, so like they didn't have to like put too much effort into it. Yeah, I guess. But, so that is her. If you do want to read some of her writings, you can Wait, go... Wait, what happened to her? She's just... She's still around, but, like, I think she just... People living life? She's just living life, like... wonder I if she's still in Santa Monica. You should try to find her. Hey, if you know her... Yes. Hit us up. Maybe we could do some, like, stalking. I could do some stalking. We'll do see. some light stalking. A little light stalking. In the, like, social media sense, not in the yeah. human, like... <laughs> Actual stalking. In this kind that's socially acceptable. The kind that we all do. We, yeah, you d- know. Don't pretend you don't do it. You do You're it. You're trying to s- social media stalk us right now. Yeah. You know you've been down, like, that hour-long thing where you're like, why am I on this person's cousin of, like... Yeah, that you've never met before, wondering... Yeah what their baby mama does for a living yeah you've been there or like stalking like an employee at work (laughs) oh yeah and then you accidentally like there's or like watch their story and you're like dang it damn it now they're gonna know yeah yep we've all been pretend you're better than that (laughs) but so you can go to her website which is goddess.org because obviously it's educational so it's gotta be a dot org not a dot com and that's all she wrote that's that literally literally okay i guess it's my turn um so this one there's a lot of information like a lot i could do an entire series podcast on just this cult there's already a ton of information out there so i'm gonna try to do it the best i can and we'll see and also if you're super sensitive 
you might just want to not. We'll meet it again. gets a little rough. We'll meet you at the next one. Yeah. We appreciate you. So today I'm going to talk about Children of God. Um, Children of God, and that's just one name for this cult. There's a lot of different names. It goes through a series of reorganization through the years. So we're going to start at the beginning. So David Berg was a Christian and Missionary Alliance pastor, and he was preaching the love of Jesus during the 1960s within the hippie community in Huntington Beach, California. California! Yeah! We didn't even know. We didn't even plan this, and we're both talking about hippie love in California. It's like our own hometown cults. <laughs> so, which we all know, this was prime time for cults, the hippie movement. Mm-hmm. Um, so his movement started during this time, and it was called Teens for Christ, and they preached simple living and good deeds, and they were all hippy-dippy, happy-lovey. You know, I kind of wish I lived did. Like, during this time. Like, yes, and also you never know when you're going to accidentally end up in a cult. Right. So there's that. So in 1967, the group was then reorganized and known as Children of God because David Berg had his own. Uh, what was the word we just used for yours? Revolution. Revelation. Revelation. Yes. David Berg had his own revelation about... And started a revolution. And started a revolution. So David Berg would then be known as Moses David. I will not be calling him that because I don't want to. So... It's our <laughs> podcast and you can do what you I want. I can do what I want. <laughs> so this new time period of the movement was really centered around Berg's sexual desires in the early 1970s, Berg would start communication to the members through letters and cartoons um, because it, the movement was just growing so quickly and they had so many members. He published nearly 3,000 letters over 24 years. And the letters were known as the Mo Letters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These letters were commandments to keep his members in line. And um, the ideals of the movement centered around sex, that God loves sex because sex is love and Satan hates sex because sex is beautiful. Interesting. This is where it starts to get a little less societally acceptable. Okay. Berg advocated sex between adults and children. He wanted children to embrace sexuality, to be a sexual being as an infant and growing up. In fact, he had a doctrine on it. There was a booklet called My Little Fish. Um, the fish is used a lot within his movement uh, because of the Jesus fish. I'm sure most people are familiar with that. So the booklet My Little Fish was considered a routine educational doctrine. It included photos of adults and children nude in sexual positions and preached the normality of sex to children and kind of I guess, taught about it, maybe. Uh, according to a previous member, he sent out a letter at one point saying that it was the adult's responsibility to teach children what it is to have sex. And they did just that. I watched this interview, and that's what happened to her. An adult, when she was 11, was like, okay, we're going to go do this. And So it's an interesting concept that they're like being taught about sex, which is great, but that they're not like they're being taught to have sex which is like 
exactly like saying like teaching people about sex fine but education education versus actually normalizing having sex teaching to do it and between adults and children um so he says that God made boys and girls able to have children by the age of 12 years of age. And that's kind of one of his reasons why this is okay. And he also believed in child brides, of course. Um, Now, along with these beliefs, he advocated incestuous relationships. And at one time said he wished he would have been able to have sex with his mother. Of course he did. Of course. In a 2020 interview, David's daughter, Deborah, says that David and his other daughter, Faith, had an incestuous relationship, but they both deny this. And in 1994, uh, one of his daughter's kids, so his granddaughter, Mary, says that, um, wait, I have that here somewhere, I lost it. Um, Yeah, so his granddaughter, Mary, came forward claiming that he had molested her when she was a teen. And then Deborah, his other daughter that um, was on the 2020 interview, goes on to say that her father approached her for sex, and that's why she left the movement. And then the advocation of sex did not stay within the bounds of the movement. The movement started what they called flirty fishing. Mm. According to David's daughter, Deborah, they were using the women to fish for men and to bring them into the kingdom of God through flirting and sex, or what she calls religious prostitution. Is this where plenty of fish comes from? Ooh. (laughs) Maybe. Bitcoined it. (laughs) The use of flirty fishing is well documented, and according to the group, over 100,000 men received God's gift of salvation through Jesus, and some chose to live the life of a discipline and missionary as a result of flirty fishing. Researcher Bill Bainbridge obtained data suggesting that from 1974 to 1987, members had sexual contact with 223,989 people while practicing flirty fishing. Dang. The women were also prostituting themselves in the evenings for money for the movement. It was their job um, to provide for the movement through sex. Because, of course, it's a cult. No one can have a nine-to-five. No. And the children within the movement were supposed to beg, sing, and dance on the streets for money, always with a smile on their face. They had to always be happy. By the mid-1970s, there were 130 communes around the world, so clearly spreading God's love through sex was working. Makes sense. (laughs) Children of God was actually abolished in February 1978 due to misconduct, financial mismanagement, abuse of authority, and disagreements over the use of flirty fishing. And the movement was reorganized. One-eighth of the membership left the movement during this time, and the group would be renamed Family of Love, later just The Family. However, most of the beliefs remain the same. And by, by 1983... The group reported more than 10,000 full-time members living in more than 1,600 communities around the world. It's a lot. That is a lot. It doesn't just go unnoticed. No. Uh, A spokesperson for the group in the 80s said that they stopped the practice of flirty fishing mostly because of the AIDS epidemic. Oh. Interesting. And in March 1989, they issued a statement that in early 1985... 
An urgent memorandum had been sent to all members, quote, reminding them that any such activities are strictly forbidden within our group, meaning child and adult sexual activity, and such activities were grounds for immediate excommunication. So I guess they changed their stance on that, at least publicly. Berg died in October of 1994, and Karen Zerby, known to the group as Mama Maria, Queen Maria, Maria David, or Maria Fontaine assumed leadership, and she was kind of like his significant other. Um, so although evidently flirty fishing is done, in 1995, the Loving Jesus Doctrine was introduced by Karen Zerby. This doctrine is a radical form of what's called bridal theology, which is a sort of Christian belief that the followers are Christ's bride, called to love and serve him with wifely fervor. Hmm. Yeah. And she So this? So this is a it's already um, a Christian belief, but she wrote a doctrine that goes a little bit more intense. Got it. Called the Loving Jesus Doctrine. Now, this doctrine um, goes a little bit further, and it teaches you to talk dirty to Jesus during sex or masturbation and imagine that Jesus is having sex with you. I wonder if Wilbur got the idea from, from Oh, them. maybe, That's maybe. Like the old man Jesus coming in. <laughs> um, and they use the term loving Jesus to describe their sexual relationship with Jesus. Of course, male homosexuality, of course, was an offense, an offense, why can I not say that word, (laughs) warranting excommunication and Jesus is perceived as a male. So male members were told to visualize themselves as women in order to avoid having a homosexual relationship with Jesus. Hmm. And the loving Jesus doctrine is required reading for all members 16 years and older. In 2004, the group renamed themselves the Family International. The more recent teachings are based on beliefs they term the new spiritual weapons. They believe they are the soldiers in the spiritual war of good versus evil for the souls and hearts of men. Which really, that's kind of what they've always believed just now. Maybe less sex, maybe not, maybe less public less talking public, about Less public, I don't know. So I'm going to go back in time a little bit. In the 1970s, Karen Zerby once flirty fished a local hotel employee in the Canary Islands. Um, she got pregnant and had a child named Ricky Rodriguez. He was considered the adopted son of David Berg, even though it was never official. And he was also known as David Ito. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Later on in life, Ricky resented David and Karen because of sexual abuse he suffered as a child. So Ricky meets a woman named, ooh, I am not going to say this right, Alexia Munamel in Budapest. And together they separated from the group in 2001. In 2004, after separating from his, ri- his wife, Ricky moved to Arizona and worked as an electrician. There are accounts that he did this because he had heard his mom was there and because he had spoken out about the group, he didn't know where she was and he wanted to find her. And in January 2005, at the age of 29, he arranged a meeting with a former associate of his mother's 
who was involved in his childhood sexual molestation. Uh, Angela Smith, who was formerly known as Susan Joy Cotton, and he stabbed her to death in his apartment. And after stabbing her to death, he drove to Blythe, California, where he shot himself in the head. And before doing this, he made a video and explained his plan, mailed it to a friend who received it a few days later, and released it to the public. In the video, he says he saw himself as a vigilante, avenging children like him and his sisters who were subjected to rape and beatings. Sad. Yeah. I also feel like I flew through that. We did go pretty fast. We went so fast today, I feel like. (laughs) Um, But that's the most basic description I could give of this group. I could go on forever about these like encampments that they had yeah. for children and All the children and like the pamphlets yeah the pamphlets i'm surprised people didn't find these pamphlets and like say something or... i mean they're on the internet you can just google them that's crazy it's yeah the, there's so much information out there you can watch the video from murky rodriguez there's just a ton of information um but I just wanted to give you a brief rundown of the craziness. Maybe we'll get to touch on it a bit more in another yeah. one. We'll see. Maybe we'll do like a recap episode or something. Yeah. Along those um, well, thank you guys for... Li- oh, wait. I have uh, notable members. I can't forget the celebrity members. Oh, yeah. So uh, notable members include Rose McGowan. Oh. Who... Um, I'll get to more about that in a second. So Rose McGowan and then River, Joaquin, Rain, and Summer Phoenix. Wow. Yeah. It makes sense with their name. Yeah, it kind of does. A little bit. Uh, Rose McGowan was actually born into it, though. Oh. So um, there's a, I was going to go into, so media, A&E's Cult and Extreme Belief, which I actually just recently saw and I really want to watch it and I haven't yet. So Ooh, we should do that at some point. Their third episode is on this. Uh, 1980s, there's a 2020 episode. There's several documentaries and interviews throughout the years on it. And so most recently, there's a five-part documentary series on E! from 2018 called Citizen Rose about Rose McGowan who was born into the cult, and she also discusses it in her book, Brave. I feel like I've heard about this. Yeah, I kind of really want to read it now, so... We'll add it to the book club. Uh, Add it to the book club. Someone's going to have to make a list, because we're just going to have to go back and... I know. (laughs) It'll happen one day. (laughs) One day. All right, well, thank you for listening. Thank you, guys. You guys are great. Uh, Go rate us on Apple Podcasts if you even liked us a little bit. Five stars, please. If you hated us and want to give us any less than five stars, just don't listen anymore. <laughs> That's, yeah, we're okay with that. Well, if, I mean, I'm kidding. We still love you. Yeah, we love you all. And if you know, you can know where to find us at Bang Bang Colt on Instagram, Facebook, and Bang Bang Colt at gmail.com. Yeah. If you want to let us know something. Yeah. If you just want to chat, say mm-hmm. hi uh book recommendations yeah. if you want to put together the book list if you want to put together the book list for of all the books that we've mentioned you already mad at it. no not mad at all okay all right okay. see you next time bye bye, bye.